podcast it's the podcast the one the only one that you listen to because there are no other podcasts no no no. don't forget about joe rogan but this is the other (laughs) podcast um it's called free advice it's called free advice and what do we do on this podcast well you got morgan beard over there and you got rob zaleski over there and we take emails reddit posts shit that our friends texted us people who don't even want to be on this podcast and we fucking read their shit put them on blast to the whole world and then we give them our advice and yeah that advice doesn't necessarily come from a qualified source no. or a person who cares about them or has any kind of good wisdom behind it there's an undertone of self-righteousness there's a lot about me and morgan trying to virtue signal make each other laugh or generally signal virtue signaling is like um well when i was reading voltaire last week oh to to make you think that i'm a sophisticated thoughtful person or whatever sort of analogous to humble bragging yeah it's humble brag would be way it's like um i guess it's like dog whistling of like you're trying to communicate to other people that you have this quality right so you drop a little things about yourself people do this a lot like on first dates when they're insecure but they know that it's a sin to be insecure so they're like well, when I was at my yoga class and that stands in for spirituality, presence of mind and fitness. And so they like talk extra about yoga or whatever. Yeah. I've never done t- that. Yeah, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. I mean, there's some value in that, but um, let me finish that statement. Um, you know, someone's doing thing it. about okay. the advice mm-hmm. is that it's free. Free. Um, the way that you know someone's doing that on mm-hmm. purpose they give a little extra pause after they say it because they're waiting to see your reaction. Like, so when I was in uh, yoga yeah. and they look and they kind of like look to see Morgan, like, Morgan okay, just what's turned the her cue? Head slightly and raised her eyebrows a little bit. Like, okay, what are you going like, to do? What do you think about that? Are you going to frown? What's your micro expression? Yeah. What's the micro expression? Oh, you're probably one of those Trump supporters who doesn't do yoga. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Let's just end it. We don't even need to order food. <laughs> are you implying that all Trump supporters are not flexible <laughs> or balanced? <laughs> I would say it is a characteristic that uh, more represents them than the opposition. Yes. It's a conservative, conservative mentality is, um, don't stretch defined by, uh, sticking to the way that things are. And that is, um, yeah, means like one, not adopting Eastern philosophies that are newfangled (laughs) and, and potentially scientifically unfounded or whatever, Uh, uh, uh. two, not physically putting your body through difficult new things and accepting Mm. it's a lack of openness to the other, the germ, the foreign, the unknown. So yeah, Yeah, they do less yoga. Yeah. Okay. Plenty of them do yoga. Solved. And those are the good ones. (laughs) You can find them wearing Lululemon. (laughs) Yeah. The bad ones are the ones that play football. (laughs) Oh, shit. Here's the ones that are good. Here's the ones that are bad. No arguments. (laughs) Can you repeat that without the shake and I'll edit that out? Here's the ones that are good. Here's the ones that are bad. No arguments. Great. Um, Okay. So... I think we've covered that pretty much. (laughs) Everybody knows what category they're in. Good, bad, Mm -hmm. nothing in between. Perfect. Good. Um, Do you have any advice you'd like to ask me for this week? Um... I'm good for this week. I've got all my shit taken care of. Um, Psych. But no, I I don't think I need anything particularly from you this week. But is there anything that you'd like to ask me? Yes. Um, 
had an idea of growing out my hair. Ooh. Partly just to, I think it's important for a person to continually redefine themselves and yeah. not get stagnant with one identity. Totally. Like d- explore and then exploit from that perspective. You know, mm-hmm. once you're uh, sure of that focus or that set of priorities that you have and then um, do something new. And I feel totally. like I'm entering a new phase. And so that's why I've grown out my yeah. facial hair. I was going to say, you've been warming up by yeah, growing out your facial exactly. hair. Exactly. <laughs> and um, especially after seeing Joaquin Phoenix play Arthur Fleck in Joker, mm. I was like, I like that look. I basically want to be that character. I mean, what, just <laughs> what an admirable guy. I don't know. I might How long is gun. the hair? Um, <laughs> the long, the hair is for him, mm-hmm. um, just short of shoulder length, I'd say. Okay. Like. Yeah, to Ooh, halfway down the neck. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. Kind of brushed back. Yeah, I have a, I have a resume of encouraging people to grow out their hair, so I could definitely help with that. Okay. You and my dad should start a consulting agency <laughs> <laughs> on what would make me really movie star handsome. Yeah, um, excellent. No, I, I... I've been looking to collaborate uh, with your dad on a project. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> well, um... Yeah, so you had an undercut is why I'm asking you. This might be a strange thing for listeners to hear a man asking a woman. I've had a um, skin fade for a while. It's been like um, 30 days since my last haircut. Yeah. And I'm just taking it a day at a time. (laughs) Yeah. um, I know that there's an awkward phase in going from short to long. How long does it last? What can I do to minimize it? When should I schedule that to happen? Yeah. do I get trims along the way or do I just do nothing to it? These are the questions that I have for you. Okay. So some of those things I have answers to and some of them don't because I've... Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is this even worth doing then? <laughs> Fuck. Um, Okay. So yeah, the idea of preparing for when you want to do it is an interesting one because yes, there is sort of an awkward phase, but it it doesn't have to be that awkward. And I think people in general are familiar with the concept of like, I'm growing my hair out. So therefore like, this isn't the look I'm going for. I'm a work in progress and being comfortable with that. Um, so what I get a nose piercing or something to distract from my hair and then remove it once I have it at the length that I want. That's an option. That's certainly an option. Um, no, but there are certain excess, there are certain accessories. You could start wearing more hats, um, during that phase Fedoras with feathers. That's not the route I would go. What kind of hat would you put me in? I was thinking about a baseball cap. Mm, what kind? With the team on it? I think that misrepresents me because I don't like teams. Do you own any baseball caps currently? Yes. So what's on those? Well, I've got one that says Adidas and it's white. Okay. I use it for tennis. Okay. And then I've got one that says Duke Gardens. It's a kind of a denim deep blue. Yeah. I'm thinking something more like that. That's casual. It's than a, like an athletic. It's Duke Gardens. It's pretty pretentious. Okay. I want to show people that I went to a really primo school. I think okay, when I wear but that. But now you have to get a new hat just because you don't want people to assume that about you. So what does that say about you? That I care about the impression I'm making on others. But I, I do feel <laughs> you're like kind of aggressively anti-Duke sometimes. <laughs> um, I've seen enough negative reactions from peers. Sure. From people my I get age, that. from older people, they love it and they think it's great and they trust me more. But from mm. people my age, they're often uh, ready to assume that I'm not cool or that I haven't struggled or a, a number of other things that I think re- misrepresent <laughs> me. <laughs> you know, we're a bunch of easy living dorks. Well, and like to be fair, there are a lot of people that I know from Duke who whom I love. But if mm-hmm. I didn't know them, I'd be like, oh, it's another fucking consultant Wall Street guy who had everything handed to him. 
and their parents paid for their school and then they got a cushy job and they don't take control over their own life at all. They just like are on the escalator to making it big time and exploiting others and not, and they've got their blinders on to the suffering around them and the injustice in the world. And I know people who do match that stereotype that like, okay, if people think that about this school or whatever else, sex scandals, mm-hmm. lacrosse scandal, mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. other stuff, um, Paige Owens, something Owens. Oh, Karen Owens, Karen the Owens. PowerPoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, that stuff that people associate mm. with the school, uh, the porn star, yeah. Bell Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I, I don't mind being associated with the sex stuff as much as I do the like <laughs> frat bro. Um, sure. I suppose I don't want to be associated with the lacrosse rape scandal, but I think most people know that they were, um, what's the word, freed of those charges. They were yeah. exonerated. Yeah. So anyway, um, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not going to wear the Duke hat that often. Let's say let's, that's not going to become at least a major part so of So then my, you would need a different hat. So I, I need a hat is what you're telling me. I mean, for a guy, I mean, you could do a headband. I think like a, a yarmulke is going to throw people off too and say things about me that I don't. Right. I wouldn't start there. And it really wouldn't be covering up the part that's awkward. So, so some type of reverse yarmulke that looks like an inner tube or donut that so I can like put around the So like a sweatband, for example. Okay, a sweatband. Like a headband I'm of some kind. I'm thinking of Lawrence Nema. Do you know him? No, I don't. Okay, well then it's a moot point. Um, okay. My only uh, person who wears a headband uh, seems very uh, like they're going for an athletic vibe. Uh-huh. And maybe it's a little bit of a gay vibe too. <laughs> is my, oh, a gay athlete vibe. Yeah, like okay. jocks for cocks type looks. <laughs> If you know that one, Um, if you ever took that college class. So, okay. What's interesting about both of these, your, your resistance to both of these accessories Mm -hmm. is like a fear of being stereotyped in a certain way that you don't want. Uh, Okay. You're saying that like, that's not how everyone picks clothing all the time. Sure. No, well, actually, I feel like I pick clothing more for like, how do I want to look? Not avoiding how I don't want to look. Oh, okay. Well, and it's Those also, look like two sides of the same coin to me. Well, to me, I'm not picking clothes based on how I think others will react. I'm basing my choices on what do I feel good on, what fits my personal yes. aesthetic, what well, do I like. I'm not worried well, about, okay, what are the preconceptions that someone else is going to have because my t-shirt says Duke on it. But I am someone who doesn't really wear a lot of Duke stuff, so. Yeah. Um, um, but it's not for that reason. For I don't me, like graphic stuff. Clothing is, I, I'm not into fashion, really. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm uh, worried about people who are very into that. <laughs> Just as it, You're I, worried about I am. them. When, when I it's find okay. That you don't have to take somebody, care of us. We're when fine. When somebody says like, that's their favorite thing. I'm like, really? Uh, are you a narcissist? Like, are you Okay, so you're, you're worried about other people judging you because you're very judgmental oh, abs- about this. Absolutely. Yeah. I judge other people. But. I think that it's smart. I mean, I don't to think that other people don't, but yeah, other people judge me. I judge other people. Yeah. Um, we're, we're biologically wired. To yeah, do that. And we're in a place where there are millions of people and uh-huh. you have to make split decisions about who you're going to spend your attention on. Fair. And so Fair. like, I'm just recognizing that reality. And like, yeah. I don't like today. I didn't think at all about what I wore over here. Cause yeah. I have a rapport with you, but if I was going to a place where I'm meeting new people, I'm going to be a bit more conscious about how I present myself. Yeah. And what I so what expect you, them to maybe yeah. gleam about my values from the way that I present myself. And that includes mm-hmm. hair, sure. facial hair, styling, um, clothing, posture. Based on this discussion, Words. I don't really think you should grow out your hair. <laughs> Why? You don't think it's a good look? Um, it's not that, but it is the 
hyper attentiveness to fear of being judged and there will be a long awkward phase of growing Dude, out your hair that is not me um okay i have been that in my life uh-huh. and now i i compared to the people that i'm around at bars and places that i work sure. i see how much much more other people are yeah, hyper oh, sure. afraid of being judged of course i care about how people judge me but yeah i'm at this moment in my life, very secure that I have enough love and so social support and acceptance mm-hmm. and community. That to wear I'm, a Duke Gardens hat? Yeah, I would do it. It's it's fine. It just <laughs> it's like not my top choice. I get it. When hats are cheap and I have other hats, why am I going to go out socializing people with people with a thing on me that makes me feel a little insecure about coming off as pretentious yeah. or comes off as pretentious? Either thing is like why choose that thing then when I can wear no hat? You know? Yeah. Um. Um. I I don't remember really what you looked like with longer hair because you used to have longer hair. I did, yes. So I'm trying to think about like what is my advice for you based on how I felt about that. But yeah, I don't have a I don't have an updated enough version of you with that hair Me to neither. make a judgment. I was so, not as cut then either. So yeah. something will be a contrast to like yeah. messy hair that's long and the current body that yeah. I possess. I think that you should try it because why not try it? And then if at some point in the growth phase, you are like, I can't tolerate how this looks, you can always cut it again. That's the luxury that boys have over girls is, is they can just cut it all off. Girls can do that. Yes. But there's much more of a social consequence to that. Or like there's an, okay, here's an example. Yeah. Um, I was very frustrated with a hair based decision that I made. Um, <laughs> the hair decision. A, a hair based decision. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Tell me what is it? And I, I, I was when I uh, got highlights that I didn't like mm. and I was so frustrated. I was like, I might just shave all my hair off. I'm so fucking frustrated. And the person I was dating at the time was like, I don't know if I'd be attracted to you if you had shit, no hair. you know, no hair. And I don't think that that same standard applies for um, the, the average a smaller number female of, to male dynamic. of women would say that to their male partners right. than male partners to right. their female partners. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, other advice yeah. about like actually the growth process. So there are different ways that you can stimulate hair growth. Um, you can give yourself little, you know, uh, finger pulsing kind of scalp massages to bring blood to the area. Um, you and can that take vitamins. Make me hair grow more. That will make you hair grow more. <laughs> okay. You know what? If, if you have to jump down my throat on every little thing, do you want to stop the podcast right now? I just thought it do was fun go, and playful. Do you want to go outside and duke this out? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, I mean, does that sound more cat. fun? Black <laughs> <laughs> sun from my eyes. Well, Duke in the gardens. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, th- I mean, those are ways to expedite the growth process okay. through the Scout through the massages. phases and and uh, Witch hazel. prenatal vitamins, basically prenatal like vitamins, vitamins supplements. Um, I think things with like vitamin E and stuff. Sure. I don't know. This is not my area of expertise. Um, as I'm sure you're gleaning from how I'm approaching it. You're telling me good stuff. Um, yeah, no, thank you. Um, yeah. Cranial (laughs) accessories throughout the growth process, growth process. One of those like octopus things with the many arms that you put over your head. A head scratcher. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, with the many. Permanently wearing it permanently. Oh, you can wear a beanie. No, you can wear a beanie. That's going to be hot. Okay. Right. Plus with all the hair coming in and a beanie, you want me to be sweating out my balls? Well, no, not specifically, but I'm just saying like stylistically, that's a kind of hat I I could see you wearing. A beanie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Be like a real thin one. A thin one. one. Yeah. Be a real breathable beanie. Yeah. You want to wear a do-rag? No. Appropriate some cultures? 
No. Okay. For that reason. Yeah. I'm already doing <laughs> enough black stuff yeah. that it's questionable it's to a lot of people. It's a dangerous line. It's a thin line. Yeah. I, um, no, I get it. I don't think I should wear a do-rag. I own I get one. Oh. So you remember that? that I'll tell you. <laughs> I hosted a Flying Lotus uh, concert viewing event ah. where people met up at my apartment and then we walked to the Hollywood Bowl and saw Flying Lotus together. Yeah, and, I was there. Um, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> as part of the festivities, I thought, and, and kind of as a way for oh, us to all stick right. together, I got everybody hats at the that's dollar right. store. There were $1 chapeaus, as they were what called. What is a chapeau? A chapeau is, I believe, a French word for a hat. I may not be pronouncing <laughs> it right, but that's what the tags say. They were like, <laughs> chapeau. So we all put on our chapeaus. I, I think you didn't. I didn't. I don't like hats. Ooh. Are you, do you feel like you're in a good space to handle criticism that's unsolicited right sure. now? Do you really? <laughs> this is, we're changing the title of our podcast to unsolicited, unsolicited criticism. of Rob and Morgan um, from each other. He, <laughs> okay. I, yeah, no, I can handle this. I don't think I've ever brought this up, but this day, this interaction bothered me with you. I know. You were I really fighting me. No, but I know you were, you were really challenging me on why I didn't wear hats. Yeah. And the real underlying thing of that was... Um, I had planned a whole mm -hmm. evening's activities and most everybody was there on Hats time. Hats were part of the camaraderie. Oh, and I was late. <clears throat> I'll explain. Okay, sorry. Please let me tell the story. I served dinner. Um, we were having the type of uh, deep personal conversation that I was hoping to facilitate. Mm. And you came in and you were very apologetic and started talking about how you couldn't get your hair to do the right thing. And mm. other people were in the middle. I don't want to say who it was, but somebody was in the mm. middle of a very personal story. Mm. Mm -hmm. And you um, came in and mm -hmm. started discussing your own issues with your hair. Yeah. And the contrast to what everyone else in the room, bitch. I believe, was like, are we going to talk about her hair right now when this person's talking about their, yeah. their parents or their family? Um, Got it. And... Uh, I remembered thinking to myself, I wish when people entered a room where an activity has already started that they would um, feel the energy of the room mm -hmm. and watch first and not m make the room about whatever they're coming in with, mm -hmm. especially if they're late. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I think you not wearing a hat and continuing to focus on your hair was like, all right, she has her own intentions for this evening and she's not really uh, <laughs> along for the ride. She just mm -hmm. uh, wants to do what she wants to do. Okay. Um I'm annoyed by this because of how disruptive I found it when that person was sharing. Yeah. Uh, and you entered. Yeah. Um, so if, are you, are we able to tease apart the frustration with how I entered the room and mm -hmm. took up that amount of space, like with the thing about my hair from me not wearing the hat or are they inter completely like connected? Um, they're different. And I don't think I cared that much about the hat. I okay. thought that it was like everybody else is doing this. Are you that yeah. worried about the way that you look? I, I, I was yeah. judging you for being so attached to like looking yeah. cool that night. And I was like, mm -hmm. all right, that's not the headspace that I'm in. Or I think anybody yeah. else is in here. Like nobody's judging you on how hot you're going to look or how fly you're going to be at this concert. And yeah. I kind of like saw a, um, what I perceive as maybe toxic femininity or like the annoying part of femininity is, is like, and what I don't normally see about you. Yeah. And that's why it's more disappointing to me is like, I was perceiving Ooh, disappointing. Yeah. I was okay. disappointed yeah. <laughs> in because I expect Morgan to be so like, um, valuable in ways beyond her looks mm -hmm. that for me to perceive you being so invested in the way that you looked to other mm -hmm. people at an event where I think it's about paying attention. My value is mm -hmm. about paying attention to what's happening on stage and just mm -hmm. experiencing it for you to be caught up in 
how you were going to appear to others mm-hmm. will, um, rubbed me the wrong way and made mm-hmm. me uh, just sad and surprised and this disappointment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 f- I don't want it to seem like I'm not receiving it by not like responding to all the different elements of it. But I also don't think that that's like needed. So how would you, let me ask you this. How would you in this moment like me to meet what you just shared with me? What would be the most? Um, thanks for telling me that. Okay. Thanks for telling me that. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Cause my, you know, my initial response is like, okay, like, uh, let me like go back to what headspace was I in and try to defend like the way that I behaved and, sure and I don't think that's, for all that. yeah, uh, but I don't think that's like necessary to do now. Um, but it is interesting to notice the like, Oh, okay. Like we were, you know, I was just kind of like, uh, ribbing you for being so particular about the way that you looked. And then you're like, okay, well, here's this story about a time when you were particular and I'm just kind of like, Oh, yep. 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 That's right. (laughs) I do that too. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Did that feel, um, like a counterattack or no, 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 not at all. No, 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 certainly not. Um, but I think it's normal for everybody to do that and have moments yeah, where they care totally. more about how they look and less about how they look, depending on their certainty of already being accepted mm-hmm. by the people that they're mm-hmm. around. And so if you're in a new situation where you need, you have a higher need to quickly convey a certain um, attitude or a certain credibility to the people that you're meeting, then like you're going to check the mirror a little bit more mm. and be a little bit more conscious about which shirt you wear. And that's normal. That's okay. That, that's not like a bad type of vanity, I think. No, I mean, well, the type, I mean, I, I presume again that like some of the type of vanity that I was bringing into this scenario was related to like less about how do I look to you guys and how do I fit into this group or how do I want to look at this concert to these strangers and more about like trying very hard to align my appearance very precisely with this version of myself that I was like trying to be mm-hmm. and probably past the point of another like ideal that I have of like just being present and being there. And I know that when I exhibit that type of vanity, like it frustrates me too, because then it's like, it makes me feel like, Oh, well then it's not worth, it's not worth trying this hard, like at all. Yes. Because it then supersedes like other values that I have about, yeah, being able to, um, not be so, self-involved or appearance-based, superficial, Mm -hmm. all these things. Um, But I do think that, um, I don't know to what extent I would argue with your assessment of this as like being part of toxic femininity or, or a point of where femininity has a tendency to tip over into toxic because I also think that women in a, in a positive way. And of course, a negative way women are really looked to and, you know, sometimes appreciated for their appearance. And Mm -hmm. I think that is something that is true to, um, all different types of animals. And I think that it's something that adds beauty to the world. Um, and, and it being sort of an artistic expression, but 
now I'm noticing like, yeah, I'm defending my, you know, my right to be superficial the same way like you were defending your right to be superficial earlier. It's I'm just like going in this like hamster wheel that I'm like, I don't even want to be in here. <laughs> I got you. I think there's, we're said, um, we're zeroing in on an mm-hmm. important truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still think that it is a part of toxic femininity when it is overly applied, when it's overly sure. fixated on. If somebody is interrupting a funeral by taking a selfie with the caskets that they can post that on their Instagram, to me, that is a type of toxic, let's just say attention seeking. Sure. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily femininity. It may not be femininity, but uh, if we quickly define toxic femininity, I've got um, an over uh, emphasis on searching for love and looking for um, love and and attention. Yes. Uh, okay. That's what I, I'm just, I, you know, I haven't really thought that out. So it could be. Yeah, wrong, no, neither have I. We're just kind of brainstorming. Here. And toxic masculinity is like an overfixation on doing and uh, making your will become real, uh, regardless of And other owning the feminine. And owning, like attempting to capture the feminine and then the feminine reverse is attempting to attract own, the, masculine. Own the masculine. Okay. And that's a way of owning it is like by being in control of being yeah, maybe. so hot. Or, okay. Um, in that case, then your argument that, um, what did you say? Fuck the, uh, toxic femininity is something, oh, that, that type of attention is something that our culture supports. Mm. I think what I heard, and it may not have been what Mm. you said, what I heard was that, um, women are celebrated for being beautiful and it's something that is, we like that women look good. Um, I don't think that that means that it's any less toxic. I think we live. Oh, in I don't a think it's just, and I don't think it's just toxic. women. I think it's again like femi- feminine versus women is like. Uh, sure. We do it for men taking too, a care. To yeah, taking a care to um, consider your appearance in a way that attempts to attract something to you, I guess, or communicate something. I think we could agree that one of the major um, philosophical problems of our culture is an overemphasis on the way that things appear instead of the way that things feel sure to the individual sure um putting on a happy face uh wearing lots of makeup having a clean house instead of having honest relationships and having sure but those things don't always mean that they preclude the other Yes, you can be beautiful and self-examined and honest and open and um And I do think like Burning Man for example yes. is a great time where people care a lot about, you know, how are they presenting themselves and they put a lot of artistry and creativity into themselves a- yes. as like an artistic product. Um not to the exclusion like in an attempt to inspire other people and connect, yes. not sometimes there are totally Sometimes, people there who are there to look hot and cool sure. and collect more Instagram followers and, and sure. like dominate through. Got to catch them all. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of egos there as well, but, of course, but you do see like a lot. Anywhere. Yes. You see a lot more of um, people offering a gift of look at the sensory experience that I'm providing to the people around me mm-hmm. and then um, not demanding attention, but just attracting yeah. it because they've done something so cool and, yeah. and decorating themselves. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I don't know. I have a complicated, as I'm sure everyone does, relationship with um, beauty and self-decoration and like mm-hmm. self-attention because I think that was something that was kind of like thrust on me before I had a natural inclination to it. So mm-hmm. I have like a dual sense of like it's so important and also resisting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very complicated 
cocktail of, um, you know, how I choose to show up in the world based on that kind of like, well, I hate myself for doing this, but I feel compelled to do this. And like yeah. my value is in my beauty yeah, and it's tough. not, and da, 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 da. Right. it has to not be in my beauty. I have to go out and be specifically downplay it to not appear like this. And it's total da. catch 22. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a woman. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. it seems like yeah. it to me. Yeah. Oh, exactly. A catch 22 is the perfect phrase. Oh, thank you. I, I always, uh, Perfect. Kind of, yeah. kind of assumed that I completely understood a woman's experience, <laughs> and let's not be um, yeah. too. I don't want to undersell myself. Also, um, gay people's experience, uh, black people's experience. Um, what else we do I get? We are Africa. Yeah, I think I pretty much get what uh, it means to be Chinese in today's <laughs> Chinese culture. You know, I, I I get it. I know what that's about. You know. I haven't lived it directly, but like I've read it. But like I'm a white online. man, so I get it. Yeah, I get yeah, it, guys. Yeah. Just like, you yeah, know. and I'm a white woman, so I get it too, and I can speak s- for all other women. As a white, <laughs> as a white straight male, I have so much privilege, and I'm choosing to use it to read uh, thought pieces that <laughs> that translate into the English that I understand other people's experiences. And if that yeah. doesn't make me to and then you filter to you, it through your I white don't know lens. what does. I really don't know what does. <laughs> Just in case you weren't picking up or putting down, this has all been facetious. Maybe what Morgan's saying is, but she can speak for herself. Okay, okay? well, I speak for myself. Um, <laughs> then when I say that, yeah. uh, welcome to our podcast where we're really facetious and mm. we observe honestly that we are white people with privilege and that we can't speak to everyone's perspective. Mm. Okay, well, that's, that's uh, Morgan's perspective. <laughs> Okay. I um, can't That's true. Recall, I don't want to put that on you. Yeah, I can't recall ever saying something that wasn't 100% sincere in this moment. So, um, yeah, take it for what it is. Uh, next Whew. up, let's do the lightning round. It's going to have to be lightning. Well, we right? got like a half hour. Yeah, yo. that's true. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Number one, comebacks for prank callers at adult store. This is from Ooh. Milk Dud. The last D is repeated five times. Okay. Milk Dud. dud, dud. Milk dud, 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 dud. I work in an adult store. The job itself is amazing, but every day I get at least one prank call. Mm-hmm. I just want some really witty comebacks, as people usually call with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. I feel like embarrassing them is the best course of action to make them realize they're being immature and stupid. <laughs> Keep in mind. Most of these callers are in their teens and think sex is funny. Okay. I love this question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Have you seen I, The Simpsons? You know, Moe's, why no. you little? <laughs> Bart Simpson would come in and be like, hey, is Seymour there? Seymour butts? <laughs> hey, anybody, anybody see more butts? <laughs> see more, oh, can yeah. I see more butts? <laughs> Yeah, they all yeah. laugh at him and then Bart goes, ha, ha. He's like, I'll find you, kid. <laughs> Great. That's a great example of, of contemporary pop culture it's of prank like phone 30 calls. years ago. <laughs> Very contemporary. It's way older than me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I would really love to know, you know, what kind of, how do they initiate these pranks? Because mm-hmm. I almost feel like in order for it to be really clever and witty, you would have to kind of like in the moment weave something in a, that's related to what they say. But so all we know kind of consistently is that they are teenagers that are uncomfortable with sex, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I maybe 
we know that they think sex is funny. And let Which me come out and say, humor, I think sex is funny. Yeah. And yeah. probably you have too at some point, Milk Dud. It's funny. <laughs> there's a lot of pain involved in sex. There's a lot of ways yeah. that things don't go the way that you want it to. There's a lot of not getting exactly what you want. And there's something funny to be found in that pain. And when you think about how important we make it, and then the weird actual physical parts of our body that like if you put them under a microscope and be like, oh, yeah, this thing that I'm think fixated on for hours every day and I've been thinking about for years or whatever it is. That's pretty yeah. funny when then you actually are in person. You're like, oh, it's this like strange tube or this strange noodle <laughs> gets all slimy and smells funny. Oh, no. I know. Right. Yeah. What the hell? Um, um, good. Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> really nailed the timing of that. Um. <laughs> so, it's kind uh, of like when I was in that yoga class at the oh, end of the yeah. yoga class. Um, I was at home. <laughs> okay. I do yoga. I, I think I can handle this pretty quickly. Please. For Milk Dead. Um, if you want them to stop calling, don't give them what they want, which is for you to get upset and fashion all these witty comebacks. That's the gratification that they're looking for. It's like, oh, yeah, dude, remember when that guy got so pissed when we fucking called in and asked for the biggest dildo that they had <laughs> he was like you kids yeah. I'll put the dildo right up your ass or whatever you yeah. think is gonna yeah. be funny yeah, yeah, in this situation yeah. the kids are gonna love that so this is like how do you deal with bullies 101 you don't give them the gratification they're seeking you don't let them get under your skin and you just go about your business in this case it's probably just hanging up the phone as soon as you recognize that that's the nature of this call now, as a more general life advice that you're not asking for, I think that there, this may, this pain, like all pain, is some type of a signpost pointing you towards a potential for growth where you could find joy in people doing things like that. this. As long as it's not too often and interrupting a busy workday, here are kids playing and getting to know sex and impressing each other. And it doesn't have to be um, something that's a threat to your self-esteem or your... Um, place in the world it can just be kids being kids and laughing at sex and like don't we all have that inside of us somewhere um i want to i do want to add something on to that which is that i um volunteer on a suicide crisis line and we also get a lot of like prank and harassment based calls um and it is frustrating so i want to validate that it's a waste of everyone's time and it just feels like come on dude this is not what this is here for um, I mean, obviously it's slightly different to be, uh, taking up the line on a suicide crisis line than at an adult store. I think it's very different, but, but I just want to validate that. Like, I understand that frustration of like, because you are being immature and testing out this, you know, as you were saying, like t testing out your sense of like, Ooh, what is sex? It's, we're doing prank calls and we're just like being goofy and, you know, kind of being cowardly having this like cowardly approach to this topic that they could be investigating in a more serious way. I have to like waste my time with this. And, and yeah, there is that sense of like, I'm, uh, diminished. My significance is diminished by people not taking this thing that I do seriously. Yeah. And so I, I just, I don't have any kind of like answer or anything other than just to say like, it doesn't have to be just like, Oh, laugh it off. It's a bunch of kids. Cause it sucks. It's annoying. Um, I'm going to go even farther in the, further in the opposite <laughs> oh, sure, direction please. and, uh, <laughs> say that I think the best response is, let's say that these kids are calling in like, 
hey, uh, how much is it for your biggest, blackest dildo? I need mm. one with a suction cup so I can put it on the windshield and get fucked by my car. <laughs> Hang up or whatever. Um, yeah. When they say that, offer for them to come down to the store. Yes. If your store permits kids at whatever age they are. Yeah. Um, you know, look at the Would law. Would love to show you those and, dildos personally. And no, don't be creepy about it. <laughs> don't do the thing Morgan's suggesting. Do um, an actual presentation of what it is and why people might like it because mm. the kids are curious and they're uncomfortable with it and like if you can laugh with them because it is funny a lot of this stuff and show them you know why a person uses a dildo what a douchebag is for whatever they're getting at you know <laughs> masturbation sleeve uh sex swing like if it's legal and um i don't know parental consent or how that plays into this but like invite the kids to do more research and learn and um, try a sample product or buy these things and like they're curious invite them into the fold in a healthy way and they're going to learn better from a person who cares about them and meets them in person than where they're getting their information otherwise which is going to be online pornography which is going to be sensationalized and extremist almost all the time yeah I, I mean I don't know to what extent I'd recommend like giving them any kind of more attention even if it's like serious and coming from the right place because they're just not going to be mature enough to handle it if they're doing this. But I, I respect the the a, attempt to connect with them earnestly over something that they're clearly uncomfortable with. And interested in. And yeah. this is not your responsibility to do, but I think it's akin to um, instead of arresting the kid that you find doing graffiti on the gym brick wall, um, signing him up for the art class in your school instead. That's like, I think the best thing to do with a mm. kid who is, um, expressing himself in that way and exploring that type of thing is like support the thing that they're drawn to instead of demonizing it or, or punishing them for doing it. You know, sure. just like try and help redirect them to a more creative or constructive form of that uh, pursuit that they've chosen. Are there any, I would also wonder like, are there any products in the store that have like uh, that say something like have an automated recording as a part of them? That's kind of like, sexy and spicy or whatever so then you don't have to even talk to them you just play that thing and know that you don't even have to get involved maybe it's yeah. a completely different option okay. yeah yeah um because i understand the frustration of even putting any of your kind of like effort or energy into like talking to these kids but these are these kids are probably i don't, I don't know where you live but if it's someplace where the kids are going to live into their adulthood these are potential <laughs> future customers if they have a positive experience Fair. with you and i don't know Fair. your attachment to the store but like you have an opportunity to get mad at somebody or push them away or make them think that you're uncool, unfunny. And um, sex is for me and other people about relating to people and getting closer with them. And this is an opportunity to get closer with these people and teach them how to enjoy themselves and each other a little better. And uh, what a cool job that is that you have the opportunity to do that. So try and if you can and you don't aren't so overworked by other shit, um, yeah. see this as that opportunity. Yeah. Great. Or point them in the direction of where they can get free condoms. Yes. At least that. <laughs> Please help with the problem of unwanted babies and lack of access to abortion. Um, <clears throat> next lightning round. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sir Matimus says, my dad keeps watching the 24-7 news about Trump. Mm. He is not a supporter, but it is equally annoying hearing it all day long. I asked why he enjoys watching it so much, and he said because he wants to see Trump go to jail. It's making me go crazy. What should I do? Is this normal? Um, unfortunately, a lot of 
adults are hooked into the 24 hour news cycle. Especially thing. the parents of adults. Especially the parents of adults? Of, of, of grown children. Oh, oh, oh. I've had this Got conversation you. with many of my friends about how their parents have become politically radicalized yes. and focus more and more on the news after they left the house. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Me too. And I have a theory. Interesting. Would you like to share your theory? I would. Yeah, if you're yeah, interested. I, w- I am interested. It's. Um, I think this will help. That parents feel a great duty and um, feeling like protectors and they get a lot of self-worth out of providing that type of guardianship to their kids while their kids are living with them. And then after their kids leave and sometimes in the case of divorce after kids leave or um, separations, that person feels less needed. Yes. And um, that's a very difficult set of emotions that come with that. I imagine I haven't lived through this myself, but um, it's hard to face those things. And often when we have internal uh, challenging emotions or local challenging emotions, it is much easier to feel those things for something that we are relatively distant from, such as nationwide politics, something that isn't um, so close to home. Mm -hmm. So we fixate all of our attention and energy on what's happening in in DC. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a lot of parents, I think this also leans conservative and towards Mm -hmm. Trump support for your parent. It seems like they're fixated on Trump and wanting him to go to jail. But either thing is kind of the same thing of um, picking a villain and your personal beliefs will decide whether that villain is the anonymous um, Mexican criminal bad hombre, (laughs) as Trump calls it, or Trump himself or Nancy Pelosi. You know, there's there's various scapegoats on either side. But if you're picking a team and you're fixating on something that you hate and you're spending all of your energy thinking about that, that will grow inside of you and you're fostering hate even though I think my personal view is that Trump is the one who fosters the most hate, there are totally Democrats and liberals who have this philosophy too. And, um, I would, I would try to, to answer your questions. One, yes, it's normal. A lot of people are going through this and it's normal to be upset by it and concerned. Um, I think my goal and other people's goals should be in these situations to try to focus on the feelings of their parent and listen to their parent um, about what's happening more locally for them and create a safe space where you're not judging them or interrupting them or telling them that's not how things happened or Mm -hmm. that's not how you should feel about this. Mm -hmm. But um, I think probably buried beneath a lot of obsession and news is a discomfort and a disconnection, a feeling of loneliness and worthlessness. And I think that uh, Donald Trump in particular has tapped into that um, for middle-class white people, um, who feel left behind by a world of aristocrats and elite technocrats and people on the coasts who scoff at them. Um, and I think the best thing that we can do for those people is listen to their more local pain about what's it feel like to be in an empty nest now, or what's it feel like to be in a world where your old job is no longer needed or, you know, you're not getting paid to do that anymore. Um, Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I don't know if I would go right to like, what's your pain point? Because I don't think that person who is like, you know, sort of uh, wanting to be in that angry fear based space is like ready to hear that or have that kind of sensitive conversation. I agree. What's a better way to transition then? Um, Or how do you do that more? That's a good question. Um, Sorry, I I was like steering towards another thought. So let me think Uh, about this. Okay. Um. I would, yeah, I mean, I think listening 
listening and then finding the cues of like where are areas where I can pry into more and ask open-ended questions about, oh, well, okay, like what do you think, you know, Trump would do for you? You know, you kind of start the Mm -hmm. line of questioning with you're coming from the same team. Yes. And then when you see openings to shifting perspective, you allow them to arrive at it on their own by continuing to be curious about, oh, okay, like what is the value of this for you? Or what, you know, why Mm -hmm. does this make you mad? Why, you know, I don't know. I I mean, it's tough because I'm kind of politically averse because all this stuff is like too intense and, and people's emotions about it are just like, I get very overwhelmed with the, the anger. And then also the sort of despair of like, this is the direction our country is going to be so polarized. Um, but the other thing I was going to say uh, about empty nesters in general, uh, Eric Erickson has the like stages of development yeah, and it goes through children, but it also, it doesn't stop there. It goes to adults too. And the, uh, one of the last conflicts of each stage. So each stage is basically characterized by either, uh, you know, a positive learning outcome or a uh, negative outcome. And, for older adults. Yeah. So older adults, it is generativity versus stagnation. And what that basically means is they're grappling with this idea of, am I leaving something behind that's worthwhile? Am I leaving a legacy or am I just existing until I die Mm. basically? Um, And so I think there is that, that issue of parents who are no longer in a caretaking, a direct caretaking role, but still want to feel that they are, steering the world towards a better future. Yeah. And this is a way to do it, to get quote unquote involved, whether it's you just sit there and scream at your TV and watch in horror, or you are actually like doing um, some kind of advocacy or, or having real discussions with people about your views or their views. Um, so examining the problem from that perspective of, like you said earlier, Rob, if this uh, question act, if milk dud, right. Is going to um, address the parent's problem or was sir, madam, I'm sorry. Milk dud was the other person. Yeah. Milk dud was the was adult the store. Worker. Yeah. Um, so the prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> having a, <laughs> having a conversation with him about why this is so important without the defensiveness of, because I don't want you to watch it because it's garbage because this, that, and the other, um, anything that directs the attention to you and him having a conversation live and away from, well, what is Trump doing and away from the externalization of the problem and towards, okay, how can your dad feel more like he's contributing to you and your future and his future live? Yeah. May I um, suggest some Please. potential questions that Please. you can ask? So. Uh, Sir Mouse says that I asked why he enjoys watching it so much. Mm-hmm. And he said, because he wants to see Trump go to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about what your tone was when you asked why yeah. he enjoys watching right. it so much, right. because if it was an, an accusatory tone or one that was um, intended to change his mind or make him see the error in his ways, he might've been resistant and mm-hmm. defensive in his explanation. Yeah. Um, if you ask that question from a genuine place of curiosity or from like a really trying to understand his point of view and not change it, yeah. then I think that you're going to get a more, build more rapport and get a better yeah. response from him. The other thing I would ask is like, 
ask him, how does it make him feel to be, you know, kind of like bombarded with this news stuff all the time? Um, you know, like when you when you are watching the TV, how do you feel? Yeah, and I, I the answer use is the like word bombarded sure, for him because again, it's a negative. That, then you're right. judging it yes. in the question. Um, right. So trying to avoid trying to have your questions be neutral and not betray your uh, ulterior motives yeah. as much as possible. Um, but maybe Best getting him to see to a pattern. Actually, lay down your ulterior motives so that you're yeah, not betraying yeah. him anymore. You're, yeah, because it's like you're feeling like this the energy that is created by having this, the TV on, uh, on this subject all the time is one of just like outrage and being riled up in this negative energy. And no one wants to feel that all the time. I don't think some people do because it's better than the alternative of the sadness that um, uh, there is a value in grievance in the way that it can cover grief for some people when they're not ready to address that grief. Yes. Um, And maybe the dad is in that place. Um, I think it's also good advice for Sir Maddie Mouse to, uh, come into touch with how does it make you feel? You said it's making you mm-hmm. go crazy. Mm-hmm. What should you do? I think you should, um, keep track or a journal or write a letter of how it feels internally and own these feelings, not accuse him of making you feel these things, but say like, I feel sad or I feel lonely when I'm in the house with you. Maybe there's a time constraint of, you know, you Mm -hmm. only have so much time left with your dad and this is how you're choosing to spend that time or he's choosing to spend that time that maybe you feel disconnected from him or like an afterthought or like he's not available to you because he's so fixated on this story. Um, And if you come to him with that and he cares about you and you own that and you don't do it in an accusatory way, that will probably touch him and affect him in a way that he will consider things from your point of view in the way that he might not have been able to before. So I I recommend getting in touch with your own feelings and having that available to you. Maybe for after trying to understand what he likes about this so much. And then if you want to follow that, that line of inquiry, um, he says he wants to go see Trump go to jail, ask him how that would feel. What would that Mm. be like if Trump was going to jail? see the excitement with him. If you'd share that excitement, you can relate to him over that. Um, And then would that feel like um, a victory for some other struggle in your life? Was there anybody else that you ever wanted to see get punished who treated you poorly or who represented a bad thing to you? And was in a position of power. Yeah. Maybe it's their own parent. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's somebody that Donald Trump is like, they're particularly invested in this Donald Trump story because probably it's a pattern in their life of, people, your dad's perception, I'm guessing now, people getting things that they don't deserve who aren't good people. And um, this is an opportunity to finally get that feeling of justice, that revenge, that, Mm. oh, isn't that going to be sweet to see Trump carried out in handcuffs is what he's thinking. Yeah. I I think the other thing to kind of gently challenge is that he enjoys it because eventually he wants to see Trump go to jail. Well, if Trump were going to go to jail, he he wouldn't have to watch the news all the time to see that happening. He could wait until that happens and then watch that moment of victory. That revolution will be televised. Right. (laughs) I can guarantee it. And Trump will brag about the ratings from behind bars. So exactly. The biggest impeachment anybody's ever seen. (laughs) People were watching in China. Yeah. So (laughs) in France. Stay tuned next season <laughs> when I take it up the ass in the shower. Yeah. And so, right. Um, and so <laughs> want, wanting that outcome yeah. and wanting to be present and see that outcome happen is very different from 
torturing yourself with the lead up to that outcome Mm -hmm. for days on end. So noticing that I would kind of gently inquire uh, with your dad of like, yeah, like just like Rob said, I want to see that too. Um, But, you know, maybe maybe there's a more peaceful way we could spend our time up until that happens. So that we can really be rested up and energized and ready to receive it. No, just kidding. But yeah. uh, I want to give one last piece of advice in what uh, may just be the the real deal question and get converted from the lightning round to just how we end this episode. (laughs) Uh, It's looking more and more like that as we check the clock. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, sir, Madam Mouse. And that is, I think that you should use this to... um, write a sketch for your sketch writing class where Obama and Trump are cellmates and they've both gone to jail and do kind of like a buddy comedy odd couple thing where they have to coexist in prison and all their old baggage comes up. You know, the lines of conflict in this is going to be strong. So (laughs) Obama probably like frames his birth certificate and puts it on the wall and dusts it off. He's like, looks nice, doesn't it? And then Trump's like, oh, you little... (laughs) And then Trump tries to have like a conjugal visit with Melania and he can't get it up. And Obama teases him about it. And he's like, you know, uh, what they say is true about uh, once you go black. Well, uh, you have a tough time going back. (laughs) All these things. It's going to be so fun for you. So just please write that sketch. Ask your class for notes. Um, Make sure you send a sealed envelope with a printed script in it to yourself or just an email is enough for copyright protection because I believe the script is going to be so good that your teacher is going to want to steal it. Wow. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. What could we call it? From the big house, from from the White House to the big house. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if I can let myself go down the rabbit hole of... Of, of imagining to... this buddy comedy? Dude, it's a sick idea. Yeah. I don't know. Um, mostly because I like don't even have enough information or investment mm. to to really give this a, a solid swing. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just stare at each other across the table. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you want to wrap this up? I think by just tucking our viewers in, telling them to say their prayers, make sure they don't send any swear words up to God as they're <laughs> typing their message and sending it up towards the clouds. And um, keep on sending us your advice, questions, any dilemma. No dilemma is too small, too weird, too normal. It's all good. Please write us yeah. at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Where did we land on your hair? Are you going to grow it out? Um, until I get really insecure one day and (laughs) I have something that I want to look really pretty for and then I'm going to cut it in the, and I'm going to regret it and I'm going to come to you and I'm like, oh, I made so much progress and I didn't get through that. I should have just worn the hat like you said. And I'm going to (laughs) cry. You're going to hug me and you're going to pack me on the bat and you're going to say, there, there. And then you're going to give me some milk and then we're going to be good. Yeah. From my, mine own tits. I'm not going to be picky about where you give me the milk from, but if it happens to come from thine own tits, then yeah, why not? (laughs) 
Okay, cool. As long as we both have the solid expectations around that. And year two of Free Advice Podcast is going to be like one of those got milk ads where we both have one of your tits in in our mouths. You're going to have to. That's going to be hard. They're really small. (laughs) You're going to have to, you know, either cut off your head or cut off your tit. (laughs) Whatever seems better for you. Either one. Put it in your mouth. They both sound terrible. (laughs) Okay, we can get somebody else to be your body double or something. So you can can suck on a tit. I'm sucking on a tit. We both got milk mustaches and it says, got free advice. I love it. (laughs) Thanks. Can't wait. Cool. All right, guys. Um, We'll be back next week. We're not going to have to wait a whole year to see you guys with that ad campaign. But just please, (laughs) please write us reminders to do that at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Don't let us forget about our brilliant advertising ideas. Yeah. Even if it wouldn't fly in China. That's okay. We're not an international. Well, we are somewhat international. We've gotten downloads in Slovenia, gotten downloads in New Zealand a lot. Thank you, you Kiwis down there listening to us. Yeah. Um, Lithuania's on the deck. Uh, we got Germany, France, Spain, the UK, Canada, and Mexico. Of course, there's some people downloading it in Antigua. I mean, it's all over. So free advice. Worldwide. Look out. <laughs> other popular advice podcasts that are for pay because <laughs> this is a revolution and it will be televised <laughs> and it will be televised like trump's arrest and then eventual um you know obama decides to rob a liquor store or something just so he can go to jail and he requests to be in there and trump and obama gives him the tough love and compassion he like fucking mm. proves it that like you can heal even donald trump by just giving him the attention that he needs that like even that 70 what year old man can come around to know like the power of love wow what a fucking show please write that script sir madam mouse you know what i might just take that script it's a race now. i mean it is your idea sir <laughs> i know <laughs> now now we're in a race to the finish who's gonna write this thing and who's gonna do it better i you guess we'll let collab. the academy decide yeah the academy that's what season, they dedicate themselves which, to uh, i mean come award season whichever yeah. of us sweeps the emmys or oscars yeah, yeah. More, the I academy think. is oscars so this would be television right that's so also an academy be... right i don't know i don't know the emmy organization should have a house here so i take my craft um, <laughs> <laughs> good night everybody Bye. <laughs>